Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigurdsson. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we take a look at crop hail damage around the province. We learn about what to expect weather-wise for the rest of the crop season, and market analyst Neil Townsend talks about the latest crop tour results. As always, the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Josh Sigurdsson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. Crop damage from numerous hail claims continue to pour in from across the prairies this summer. The president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, Rick Okelman, Omolchenko, says hailstorms in late July have hit many communities across the province in Saskatchewan. Well, we've got another 1,000 logged in and uh, more coming in every day, Jim. What size of hail? Uh, we've got anywhere from uh, golf ball size to pea-sized hail. Uh, the, the damages are kind of uh, very spotty, the storms, but what we're finding out with the reports coming in that there is some really heavy major losses in some areas. Yeah, just how severe was the loss, and these are scattered thunderstorms? Yeah, very scattered thunderstorms, and like like I said, usually they don't. They're not too devastating when they're uh, scattered like that, and the losses aren't uh, add up to much. But in this case, it seems like uh, these centers of these little storms, these little spotty storms, that are actually proving to have some major damage in the middle. And this was looks pretty widespread across the sketch. And outline some of the communities for me. Yeah, like uh, the, the Saskatchewan communities that were hit were pretty well hit a lot, but I'll just go through a few of them. Uh, Beachy, um, you know, uh, Moose Jaw, Yorkton, Cardiff, Gainsborough, Wilkie, Unity, Major, uh, Looseland, North Balford, Mayfair, Rabbit Lake, Weyburn, Estevan, Glen Ewan, uh, North Portal, Chamberlain, Lemberg, Clavet, Salt Coats. Oxbow, Alameda, Carrobert, uh, Rockhaven, Edam, Denzel, Miota, Peyton, Cutknife, Neilberg, Spears, Spring Valley, Estevan, Alameda, just to name a few. So quite a few in Saskatchewan. What kind of, uh, you said is pretty severe damage, are some of the claims though being deferred? Yeah, there's still some being deferred. Uh, the only reason they're being deferred is because they can't really determine the loss because of the stage of growth. You know, right now with this heat, things are getting worse on some crops. So if they're in out there, they're adjusting and uh, they make a you know an assessment. It's not going to be accurate. So like in some cases, but right now if they defer it uh, with this heat, it's best to see what happens to that crop. And uh, but they're getting out there and they're trying to you know do as many as they can. How is the assessment going so far in Saskatchewan? Well, we're about we're probably about eighty-five to ninety-five percent complete of the June storms, and we're probably in that forty to fifty percent complete in the July storms. 
And this has been what a very busy year. Very busy today. Yeah, there were we're I'm pretty sure above average right now. Uh, we're online with last year's uh, storm activity, but we're above average the five year average for sure. I guess the biggest thing is our July 23rd and 25th storm was kind of our heaviest hit. There, you know, the storms are spotty. Wind and and a lot of extensive uh, excessive rain has also been playing a part in these uh, claims. So just uh, you know, we're out there. Just uh, I guess stay safe. Uh, make sure we're abiding by the government regulations and and uh, just uh, be patient. Our adjusters are out there and they're giving her. The latest 1,000 hail claims cover the last half of the July time period. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. As farmers start looking at harvesting with some already started in some areas, the big variable of the of course is the weather. David Phillips is Environment Canada's senior climatologist, and he says as of now, things look pretty good for producers getting ready to put combines in the field. Well, certainly, uh, we've had a, a really a good string of several weeks of, of ideal weather across the, uh, the prairies, particularly in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, um, in terms of um, of good growing weather. Uh, the rain seemed to come at the right time. The temperatures uh, finally got up a little higher than uh, they had been, although in the eastern prairies, uh, they had been certainly far warmer than they were certainly in many parts of, um, of Alberta. Um, so, so I think that the crop is uh, probably... In, in fairly good shape right now. I think I've heard rumors that farmers are delighted by the condition of the of the uh, of the crop. But of course, until it gets into the bin, you know, it could could very well be uh, you know prosperity. Sometimes can be turned into bankruptcy very quickly with severe weather and and frost and and um, and, and not good harvesting weather. Generally, across most of the prairies, Phillips says right now things are in fairly good shape. The moisture levels have been in the last month have been a little higher. Maybe there's certainly more than you'd need uh, in western Manitoba because of some very incredibly unprecedented June rains. But um, in July was uh, kind of close to normal. It was a little higher than normal in parts of eastern Saskatchewan. So that was good news because that's when the warm weather uh, came. Overall, uh, temperatures, for example, in uh, July were across the eastern prairies about two degrees warmer than than normal, um, and uh, and that's ideal. I mean, you could just see that that uh, crop uh, growing from from one day to the uh, to the next. He says everything depends on the future, adding they do a better job describing what we've had rather than what we're going to get. But, you know, in the short term, certainly in the next couple of weeks, I think the, the, the similar kind of July weather is going to continue. We, the, we see uh, the possibility of temperatures that are going to be five or six degrees warmer than normal. I mean, typically at this time of the year in places like Yorkton, Brandon, uh, in, in Rivers, Manitoba, um, Musselman, uh, you get temperatures that would typically be highs about 24 uh, for the afternoon, 25, and lows of around 11 or 12 at night. Well, we're going to see temperatures that are certainly going to still get up into the 30 range, 28, 30 degrees. So that's good to good growing weather. Um, You know, it's not going to be dry, 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 but we certainly see the chances of of showers every 
every second or third day. Um, it tends to be a low, you know, maybe a moderate kind of a percentage, 60%, 30, 40, 50, 60%, something like that. So I don't think it's going to be a, like, a, like a washout, but there'll be a lot of good sunshine and warm temperatures in between to help uh, dry, uh, dry conditions. Phillips says that one thing farmers do get nervous about this time of year is frost. It's showing up in the past in August, which is rather early. I mean, last year, for example, frost didn't come till about um, two weeks after the normal uh, occurrence of frost. Typically, we see frost in the eastern prairies around the 14th, 15th of September, the first kind of killing frost. Last year, it didn't go, uh, didn't see frost until about the 27th, 28th. I mean, that would be an ideal situation, and I think that most of the harvest would be f- uh, finished if that was uh, an occasion this um uh, this year. Can't see uh, that uh, frost is going to be an issue over the next uh, month. Um, also, severe weather tends to be down a bit in August compared to July. July is the peak month for hail, tornadic events, strong winds, drenching rains, and that, that doesn't uh, go away in August, but it's certainly the probability of that is is less. While he clearly admits that crystal ball gazing is pointless, he doesn't see anything of concern in the immediate future. Well, Certainly, uh, we've had a, a really a good string of several weeks of, of ideal weather across the, uh, the prairies, particularly in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, um, in terms of, um, of good growing weather. Uh, the rain seemed to come at the right time. The temperatures uh, finally got up a little higher than uh, they had been, although in the eastern prairies, uh, they had been certainly far warmer than they were certainly in many parts of, um, of Alberta. Um, so, so I think that the crop is uh, probably in, in in fairly good shape right now. I think I've heard rumors that farmers are delighted by the condition of the of the uh, of the crop. But of course, until it gets into the bin, you know, it could could very well be, uh, you know, prosperity sometimes can be turned into bankruptcy very quickly with severe weather and and frost and and um, and, and not good harvesting weather. David Phillips is a senior climatologist with Environment Canada. Enter. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. It is time for a beef market update, and Wasco's with the Gateway Livestock Exchange. And right now, there's so much focus and discussion about where we're at with demand for proteins, and in your case, particularly beef. How do you see this right now? Well, I think, you know, again, we just, we have to keep going back to this data. And we talked about this two weeks ago, the cutout showing some support, uh, 201.80 last night on the choice. Uh, Going forward, there's certainly a sense as we flip into the calendar of August next week, that um, we are going to see some some better buying uh, interest from retailers going into that Labor Day holiday in early September. So the the expectations right now, Sean, are are for some some better wholesale prices in August. What are we seeing in terms of that cutout value? Well, that's it's showing the bottom. So two hundred one eighty. Um, that's down about fifty cents from last week. But again, I think showing some some solid solid support and looking for that number to move higher now as we flip flip into August. That has allowed this U.S. cash market to be anywhere from one to two higher, depending on where you are. In the south, Texas, Kansas, mostly 97 this week. That's going to be called a buck, buck and a half higher. 
and we're still sitting in that premium market in the north, Nebraska, especially 160 dressed or that dollar or better live. And again, it's because the supplies are are a much more current, less cattle on feed uh, versus a year ago compared to, say, Texas and Kansas. Okay, we're hearing more about the backlog right now in, in pork. In the U.S., there's expectations of a 2 million head backlog. We're not hearing about it as much in, in cattle on both sides of the border, I would say. Has, has our sense of that cattle backlog, has it, is it changed? Well, I think what's happening now is we continue to move forward in the in both the U.S. and Canada, as we've talked about, slaughter rates have, have jumped back to uh, at least close to year-ago levels. Uh, if not some weeks above. Um, but what, what we, of course, have talked about is the reduction in the placements that happened in the first few months of this year. The first five months in the U.S. was over a million had fewer cattle placed against August, September, Oct, and beyond. And uh, in Canada, about 100,000 had fewer cattle placed against these months. So it, for August alone uh, in the U.S., when you look at the weight breakdown, there's probably 100,000 had fewer placed against August. So some of that backlog out that we describe will will become part of that supply and so i think we, we start chipping away at it pretty well now as we move into august and and certainly big time as we move into september assuming the kills stay like they are okay uh cattle on feed last week yeah i just wanted to touch a little bit on i know you you did a little write-up on some of the numbers last week but two things that u.s cattle inventory report the mid-year report no big surprises beef cow herd 32 point um, 1 million head, uh, so that's down about 1% from last year. Replacement beef offers about the same as last year at 4.4 million, and the feeder supply outside of feedlots up 1% at 37.4 million. So uh, no big surprises there. Same with the July 1 cattle on feed report, basically the same numbers on feed as a year ago. But again, like I mentioned in the cash market update, uh, clearly the bigger supply on feed uh, remains in Kansas and Texas. That's part of that backlog supply, and that's why you've got that price differential north trading higher than the south. So from a rancher's perspective, how, how are they looking at this fall that's coming up very quickly here? It's, it's sad to say the days are getting shorter, but they are. The fall run will be here before we know it. I'm, so, I'm just sorry to bring it up, but uh, how is the rancher looking at things? Well, I think, you know, early signs, you know, for example, uh, the team sale this morning, uh, um, electronic sale here in Western Canada, had over sold over 3,000 head, uh, starting to see some uh, interest on offerings, yearling cattle, grass cattle being offered uh, for uh, August and September. But, for example, the 950 to 1,000 pound steers kind of range from 180 to 184, and the 860 to 920 steers, 185 to 187 and a half. Sean, those numbers, if you, if you go back and look at that identical sale a year ago for August and September delivery, basically the prices were exactly the same. So wow. I think from that perspective, yeah, that gives a sense of uh, um, confidence, I think, to, to those of us that will be selling into this fall market. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watchers, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM Farm Weather today, mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers and low risk of a thunderstorm, with a wind west at 20 kilometers an hour, a high of 24, and a low of 11. Tomorrow, sunny, high of 27, with a low of 11. Thursday, sunny, high of 31, and a low of 17. Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers and a high of 27, with a low of 10. Saturday, sunny, high of 26, low of 13. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud, high of 26, low of 12. And Monday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 24. The normals for this time of year, the normal high is 26 degrees. The normal low is around 11. The sun rose at 531 this morning and will set at 838 tonight. In Prince Albert right now, it is 21. In Saskatoon, it's 20. Swift Current 18, Weyburn it's 20, and Yorkton it's 18. Moose Star right now it's mostly cloudy and 24 degrees, and in Regina right now we're under a severe thunderstorm watch, and it's mostly cloudy and 24. Back in a moment. Pal. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. And for Jim today, it's Josh Sigurdsson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers at mcdougalauctions.com. And Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. A crop tour was recently completed in Western Canada, and the results found that this year's crops have a lot of potential. Neil Townsend with FarmLink shares more. I mean, we did a crop tour across all of Western Canada, but obviously, uh, you know, the bulk of the crops are in Saskatchewan. And generally speaking, the crops are looking uh, good with lots of potential. Uh, you know, I think it, there's some regions that maybe need a little bit more rain, and that would be southwestern Saskatchewan. Other areas look pretty good, maybe in general, uh, you know, one to two weeks behind where they normally would be. But there's a lot of potential out there, and it's a potential bin-busting crop coming. So how about crops like wheat and canola? How how are they looking? Well, wheat looks really good. Uh, You know, wheat has, um, you know, cereals in general, wheat, barley, and oats seem to have lots of yield potential. The counts that we got were really high. And I should note that the crop tour was conducted a little bit differently this year. Instead of like a group going out, we just had individuals go out in their general regions where our advisors live And it was a little bit less random than typically because we tried to get the permission uh, of the farmer via phone, email, or text to go on to his land. So, you know, we were taking every precaution possible because of COVID-19. But wheat and cereals look really good. And, uh, you know, the crop uh, potential there is, you know, close to, uh, you know, maybe a yield record. Canola is not uh, quite as, um, you know, It's in good shape, but it needs a bit more time. And canola is the one crop where it's conspicuous that it's sort of a week to 14 days behind schedule. And uh, the yield potential is solid there, but not quite at record levels. And, uh, you know, again, some of that could change over the next month and a a few days as, uh, you know, weather dictates what the final result will be. And how about the pulses like uh, peas and lentils? How are they looking? 
Well, generally, again, there's lots of, uh, you know, opportunity there. It looks like a good crop. We will mention that lentils, uh, you know, hasn't had the amount of wheat stress that's necessary to start to set the pod. So even though when you look at a lentil field, for the most part, you could see like a lot of uh, good plant stand and a lot of flowers and things like that. But when you went into the field, you didn't see the, uh, you know, the pods quite where, you know, they need to be. So that's something that, you know, again, if the heat comes in the next couple of weeks here, they could probably have a good yield potential but if it were to turn mild without a lot of heat maybe uh there'll be a little bit of a yield drag on lentils and obviously uh, last year was a rough year when it comes to the crops what are some of the things that you're seeing this year that are so much better than last year yeah i i think like you know one thing is that probably that you know we got you know better distribution of moisture when we did the crop tour last year at that point in time there was sort of a moisture deficit in particularly between sort of like uh, Highway 1 and uh, the Yellowhead Highway. Uh, so, you know, between the Regina and Saskatoon, there was, you know, there was a drought concerns in that area from, you know, to each side of the, to the Alberta border and to the Manitoba border. This year, there's been better moisture and better conditions overall. And, you know, there's been heat, but there hasn't been, you know, uh, excessive heat for a long, long period of time that's dried things out and, and really diminished the yield potential. I will note, though, that there's been, you know, and again, this is somewhat anecdotal. We're not sure about this in terms, but there's been a lot of reports of, like, hail and very, very windy weather. Even lately, there's been some big winds and, and you know, fields that have been dropped down. So, you know, there could be some, uh, you know, certain farmers are, are not enjoying the, you know, the benefit of the great crop because maybe they've been impacted by hail or even by this wind. So we'll see how the final result comes out. But right now, it looks very promising. And people waiting on those final results, uh, how can they, uh, work, when can they expect them to come out and what, uh, and where can they find them? Yeah, well, uh, FarmLink is, go- is conducting a uh, public webinar tomorrow. It's free of charge. Uh, just go to the farmlinksolutions.ca website and sign up. And the, uh, the webinar is going to be at uh, 10 o'clock in Saskatchewan, uh, 11 o'clock Central Standard Time in Winnipeg. So 10 o'clock. And then, you know, if you're interested in it, by all means, go and sign up. There's no charge. Once again, that was Neil Townsend, market analyst with FarmLink. Hey, you're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The Tory Shadow Minister of Agriculture, John Barlow, sent a letter to his Liberal counterpart last week. Barlow is urging Marie-Claude Bibeau not to forget about farmers and holding her to a promise, promise of providing more financial help to farmers and ranchers if they need it during the ongoing pandemic. The Federal Ag Minister has been pushing producers to sign on to programs like AgriStability and AgriInvest, programs that many groups say didn't work before and certainly weren't created to work during a pandemic. One thing the minister has refused to do is exempt fuels used for grain dryers from the federal carbon tax. People like Jeff Nielsen with the Grain Growers is still hoping that will change, but Barlow isn't so sure. Last time I talked to Jeff Nielsen, he was still hopeful that being that we're in a situation with a minority federal government, that there would be enough push by the opposition parties uh, to make some kind of movement on the federal carbon tax as it applies to, to farm fuels, uh, specifically used for grain dryers. Has there been any movement on that issue? Um, you know, unfortunately, although he's right, it is a minority. You need, as conservatives, we need another 
you know, a couple dance partners in the, the NDP and the Bloc. Uh, and thus far, they have not supported our calls to expand um, the uh, the rules around the carbon tax on farm fuels, expand that to include propane and natural gas. And, you know, we have a private member's bill um, going through Parliament, but unfortunately with Parliament not sitting, um, it has taken a lot of those tools away. That private member's bill brought forward by uh, Philip Lawrence, a Conservative MP in Ontario, uh, can't move through the process because Parliament's not sitting. Um, and there's no there's no mechanism for us to table anything else, like an opposition day motion uh, or anything like that, that, because the NDP and the Liberals teamed up to, uh, to neuter Parliament. And uh, so... Although it is a minority government, uh, when you have the NDP um, propping up the Liberals, it it is really um, handcuffed uh, the opposition. Finally, John, I wanted to get your thoughts on something. I was talking to Anita Stewart the other day, and of course she heads up the uh, Food Day Canada, which is coming up on Saturday, a celebration of, of food produced uh, here in this country. And something we talked about off tape mostly was how... Getting rid of interprovincial trade barriers would certainly strengthen Canada's economy during a time of this uh, of this uh, blockade or not blockade but but lockdown. Wanted to get your thoughts on 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 how that might help the overall economy if if and I know it's simplistic to say to get rid of interprovincial trade barriers tomorrow, but what kind of an impact would that have? Just removing those to help the economy recover. Well, that, that's a great question, and I, I think people don't realize the uh, the profound impact that that would have. Um, you know, I, I did have that that file for short interprovincial trade as a short time as the critic a couple of years ago, and we worked really hard on that using a study from the Senate uh, from I want to say about four years ago, um, ironically called "Break Down the Break Down Those Walls," um, but it, the biggest free trade agreement Canada could have is the one we don't have, and that is within our own country, within our own provinces. Uh, we are missing out on $150 billion in GDP um, as a result of non-tariff trade barriers within our provinces. That's John Barlow, the Tory Shadow Minister of Agriculture. Back in a moment. Hey. The Market Updates on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola fell $2.61 at 4.45.47. Number one red spring wheat fell 5.28 at 2.17.18. Feed barley fell $14 to 174.70. Flax rose $4 to 5.36.85. Oats were down $11.34 at 171.82. And lentils were down $10 at 5.72.50. The rest were unchanged. Durham at 2.66.39. Yellow peas at two thirty nine oh two. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. 
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holding in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 4th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.85 cents to $0.95. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.75 cents to $0.85. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.65 cents to $0.75. Cents. Hefret sold from $1.05 to $1.15. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.18 to $1.28. There weren't enough steers and heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is the Hams Market Commentary for Tuesday, August 4th. Hams sold 4,400 hogs Friday selling in a range of 127 to 153 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,200 head, selling in a range of 124 to 151 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, August 1st are Ole West 2020, 121.90, Ole West 2021, 150 even, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 132.48, Hams Cash, 130.48, Thunder Creek Brickle, 140 even, High Life Cash, 141.34, and High Life Contract, $155.24 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is down, and four contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was up 15 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3404. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.80 cents US. Weekly settlement base prices for week ending August 1st were higher in all regions relative to the week prior, but the start of this week reveals some weakness in all regions could be developing. Western Cornwall is once again below the $40 benchmark, and the remainder of the daily values are all lower than the previous week's base. Supply chains are believed to be more or less back to normal, but demand for pork in the aggregate is very much a concern amid abundant supplies. Weekly slaughter was slightly lower than a week ago, but came in at 2.543 million head, or 8.4% higher than last year. On the meat side of the business, however, weekly cutout prices show the net value of the carcass leveling out week over week since about the middle of June. More of this is expected, especially as some of the more important cuts are struggling. Lean hog futures are still trading in a sideways pattern with much, but perhaps not all, of the negativity priced in for now. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now the Resource Report brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred dollars in combine cash. Ticket info at CombineLotto.com. Alberta has signed a deal with the federal government that cuts funding for environmental monitoring of the oil sands outside of company leases by at least 25%. The Canadian press has obtained a copy of the deal signed on July 7th, setting the budget for the federal-provincial program to no more than $44 million, down from $58 million last year. Under the agreement, there will be no field studies on wetlands, fish or insects, and no fieldwork on the main branch of the Athabasca River. It comes as Alberta considers proposals to allow the water from oil sands tailings ponds to be released into the river. Neither the federal nor provincial governments responded to requests for comment. 
Ford Chief Operating Officer Jim Farley will take over the helm with the storied automaker on October 1st when current CEO Jim Hackett retires. The company has struggled in recent years and is in the midst of an $11 billion restructuring plan. It's designed to make Ford leaner and crank out new vehicles to replace what was an aging model lineup. As COO, the 58-year-old Farley led the company's global markets and product development. And Canada's main stock index increased in its first late morning trading in August after Monday's civic holiday closure, while U.S. markets also gained with the Nasdaq reaching another record. The S&P TSX Composite Index rose up 189 points at 16,358. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 97 points at 26,762. The S&P 500 Index was up 7 points at 3,301, while the Nasdaq Composite was up 18 points at 10,921 after setting another record of 10,940. The Canadian dollar traded for 74.78 cents US compared to 74.72 cents US on Monday. The September crude contract was up 7 cents at $41.08 US per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an agri-news report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another agri-news report at 6.45. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley. I'm Josh Sigurds. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.